after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors hey everybody welcome to after these messages bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks that's right. We're going to talk to you about commercials tonight. We're going to talk about good ones. We're going to talk about bad ones. And we're going to talk about the ones where people say weird shit like this. Fellas, you may not know it, but it's possible to injure yourself during intercourse. Oh, we know it. My name's Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Veeves. Hey, Andrew. Uh, coming up today, are we calling this ad collades and admonishments? I don't know. It's more of a grab bag. An ad grab bag. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Yeah, I can't, the, I can't make that happen. Can't puns, make it work. That even that even for me, that's a, maybe a, a a twist too far on a pun. Um, but yeah, you know, I was saying to you before the show started, this might be a sort of the purest expression of this show in a way because it just is born of me watching TV and saying, "I hate this commercial. I love this commercial. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is this commercial?" So it's just a lot of like, just a lot of Genevieve's thoughts. Okay. Well, for now, I, I mean, that sounds like admonishments <laughs> and ad collades. And or some, we can come up some with confusion. Some, oh, really? Okay. Some, okay. Some, yeah, some bafflement. Well, let's not box it in then. Right. Let's not call it that. We'll call it, we'll figure out what to call it later. But that's what's coming up on the show today, guys. Just a bunch of Genevieve being delighted, being angered, and being baffled by commercials. That's right. The full range of human emotions. Yeah, the full range of Genevieve emotions. <laughs> I think no, basically you I got the whole, no. the whole species covered. Uh, also, we have a big mailbag today. The Ad Council has been busy. We got some jingles to play for you. Excellent. It's a, a little secret treat in the jingles today that I'm excited. Actually, two <laughs> of them that I'm excited for you to hear. All right. Um, and, uh, and other great things in the mailbag. So uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we get started on our main segment though <laughs> i'm just laughing at how how bad we can be at this sometimes i'm thinking about yeah. do you know what i'm thinking of oh i don't know i just thought like so far so bad <laughs> well that like, but also last week we forgot to make kind of a big announcement uh, like i would say a, a big announcement in our world which is We've been kind of talking about this on the show for a while about should we maybe try doing a live show at some point, maybe renting a room somewhere and, um, you know, like a small theater club or something and do a live version of After These Messages. We were getting close to talking ourselves into it. And then something just kind of fell on our lap. Fate stepped in. That's right. You were on uh, TBTL the other day talking about this with me uh, and our friends Dyer and Nick from the Northwest Nerd Podcast. We are teaming up with the Northwest Nerd Podcast to do a special version of a kind of a, what do you call it, a hybrid version of our show and their show yeah. at the Ace Comic Con, which is a traveling Comic Con uh, that is coming to Seattle, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after that. We're going to be performing, if that's the right word for it, we're going to be podcasting. Something like that. We're not really even going to be podcasting. We, we well, may we're record it. We'll record it and see if it's if it's doable to, yeah. to air it. I but mean, anyway, I'm treating it like a live podcast taping at the Ace Comic Con. That's going to be next Saturday. The I guess that's the twenty ninth. Yep, and we are officially listed on their programming schedule. Oh, are you the, looking at it? I am. We are at five o'clock on Saturday the twenty ninth on the East Stage. Nice. Which, which I'm like happy to tell you stage. is near food and beverages. Exactly. But it is not near Chris Evans, if I understand it correctly. Chris I mean, Evans I, I don't control where Chris Evans goes. He's going to need a snack. He's going to need a snack. Evans needs snacks. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of people, right? The bow and arrow guy from... Uh, His the, name is Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner is going to be there. A bunch of people from the Marvel Universe are going to be probably doing one, I'm assuming, one big panel together. I assume that, and I assume that they are they are hustled to this, the big stage uh, through a tunnel that no one can look yeah. at and then hustled out and <laughs> that's their whole I don't think they're like wandering around doing cosplay right I think I'm getting the impression and, and if you want to kind of follow the the course of this conversation as it goes on we did talk about on I think on uh, TBTL what it was you me Luke was out but we had Nick and Dyer on this would have been last Tuesday's show yeah, do people know that Nick we, and Dyer are the co-hosts of Northwest, of Northwest, Nerd. Northwest Nerd yeah and um 
Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to think, like, I'm now bringing my big mixer, I'm bringing a bunch of equipment, I really want to make this, like, a performance that is like watching an episode of After These Messages, but the more I kind of talk with the the kind of organizer, coordinator guy, uh, I'm realizing that probably what we're doing is a little bit much for what they're expecting. I think they're used to people just, like, sitting down behind, like, the microphones that they're given and right. not playing music and audio. Good. Well, no, I have a feeling <laughs> that I'm probably making it way too complicated and jinxing myself. And also, like, I emailed him today because, like, because I'm coming with equipment, which apparently other people aren't coming with that much equipment, I'm like, I, I need a parking pass. And he said, we don't have parking passes for this show. And I thought... Yeah, you do. Yeah. You don't have parking passes for me for this show. Yeah. Like you're telling well, that's me that's what that... he meant by this show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, he, oh didn't, you think... he didn't mean we don't have parking passes for Ace. He meant we don't have parking passes for after these messages. Yeah, I guess so. But he's been really helpful on, on every other thing. But um, so I don't know. I guess I'm going to be just carrying my big mixer and a bunch of cables and microphones on the bus with me. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly <laughs> or we what could the plan spring is. for parking. Or we can spring for parking. But anyway, um, we should tell people if you want to come. Um, you know, of course, we would love to see you there, but it's a fairly pricey ticket. Uh, so please don't spend the ticket, spend the ticket money if we're the only thing you're there to it's see. It's only going to be a 45 minute thing. I mean, we're doing the opposite of what said promoter wants us to do. He sent me the language for promote. We'll be joining uh, Jeremy Renner. And- well, we are technically only, we are the same day as the Chris Evans, Don Cheadle, and Jeremy Renner panel, mm-hmm. which is on the main stage. That's at uh, 3.15 on Saturday. So if you want to see that panel and you want to get, so get the day ticket for Saturday, that's the day we're performing. Right. And we'd be performing right after that. Right. You'd have to hustle on over to see the real show after I mean, how these long are they going to talk? In the food court. A special food court edition <laughs> of After these messages if we should only talk about like food court kinds of foods commercials for like hot dogs and french fries that would actually be fun what we're doing because we're pairing up with northwest nerd though and because it's a comic-con is we're going to be looking at kind of nerd culture through the eyes of commercials you found some in fact listeners if you have any good uh, suggestions for these whether it's comic book stuff you found an old D, an old dungeons and dragons commercial and so we'll be some looking buffy at... the vampire slayer vintage material actually yeah let's definitely if, listeners if you ad council Mount up if you think of any good uh, <laughs> if you think of any good nerd related content uh, in the form of commercials between now and let's say next week. Send them our way. All right, so that's uh, next Saturday, the twenty fifth at Ace Comic Con at Wamu Theater in Seattle, Washington. What I it say? Is oh, 29th. Neither next Saturday nor the twenty fifth. Oh, right. I was just thinking. Good wrap up, Walsh. It's two Saturdays from now, the twenty ninth. Twenty ninth, five p.m. Wamu Theater. It'll be fine. It's a thin line between love and hate. It's a thin line between love and hate. It's a thin line. All right, Veeves. This is the point where I just let go and let the Veeves. What do you got up first? This is a commercial for Range Rover, and unfortunately, unfortunately, like mo- like most great commercials, there's not much talking in the really good ones this week, so it's going to be a lot of me explaining, um, which is either your least favorite or most favorite thing about this show, probably. Um, this is for a, a new product from Range Rover called the, I'm going to say Evoke, although it's spelled E-V-O-Q-U-E, so, you know, fancy. Um, what I love about it is just the, the visual design of this ad. Um, It is the premise is you've got a a young woman, an African-American woman sitting in an old fashioned barber chair um, being barbered. You know, usually typically when we see women getting their hair cut, it's more like a salon environment. This is very specifically meant to uh, place her in like a male space, like this barber chair, this kind of old fashioned barber shop and an old fashioned mustachioed barber is is like trimming her very close buzz cut. And she's very beautiful. And as he keeps sort of straightening her head to get her in the right position for the haircut, she keeps seeing out of the corner of her eye this new Range Rover and keeps twisting her head or turning her head and getting sort of, not rudely, but decidedly put back into position for the barber until she finally just grabs the like lever that pushes the chair all the way back so that she can lean back and get a really good look at this, uh, at this beautiful car. And there's something about this, and we'll just play it because it's a it's a song. It has a nice song that uh, that 
is the soundtrack to it. We'll just play it, but it's just a really visually stimulating ad. And I think it's also fun and exciting to see a woman of color in a in this sort of power position where we might have seen this, you know, would have been like a a generic, like handsome white guy, you know, 10 years ago. So I guess the song is called The Power of Distraction, which is on theme for this right. uh, by Dammy, D-A-M-N-Y, Damney. Damney? Damney. Now she's throwing the chair back and just getting a really good look at it. And then the barber, of course, puts the chair right back up because he's not finished doing the haircut. Um, you mentioned how beautiful she is, and she is, but she's mostly cool as hell. Yeah, she's, she's very cool. She's so looking. cool. You she's know, got that's kind what... of a, she doesn't look exactly like her, but she's got a vibe that reminds me of the comedian and actress Issa Rae, oh, who does Insecure. Yeah, yeah. A little bit cooler. Yeah, and I think maybe more classically beautiful, but like sort of styled similar to her. Try it cooler. <laughs> what is that? That You sent me that. That's from, um, do you have an idea and what I'm... louder and just bigger. Just cooler. What is that from? I believe it's 21 Jump Street. Let me see. I think it, this is the tape that you sent me. It's from yes, 20... I think it is. It's, uh, it's uh, Dr. Spachemin. It's That's Chris right. Parnell as the drama teacher. To bring back to the world of commercials, he's the guy who voices the box and the progressive ads, Among right? many other things he voices. That's yeah. right. Um... Maybe try one cooler and faster and louder <laughs> and better and less insecure and more just cool. Just cool. <laughs> That's one of those drops that becomes like an earworm for yes. me. When I hear somebody say something cooler, I automatically hear his voice. 21 Jump Street, not a great movie, but a movie with a few surprising gems in it. Yeah, you know, I haven't... You've seen it more than I have. I'm trying to think if I've even seen it all the way through, but I've seen big chunks of it, and I know the vibe of it. And it was mentioned positively recently in an otherwise negative review of the new Shaft movie. Oh, interesting. Because, like, I guess the the latest Shaft sequel, technically they're all sequels. Right. Well, not the first one. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of retrograde in its humor. Like, it kind of has... I've heard there's the, a lot of gay panic. That's a lot exactly of, what I heard. A lot of yeah. misogyny. And just a lot of, like, what does it take to be a man? The big central joke is Shaft's son isn't manly Shafson. enough. Shaftson. Uh, isn't manly enough. and Because and, he's a millennial or whatever. Yeah, and I guess you could... You could make those jokes in a more modern way, but this fails to do it. Yeah. And they were saying 21 Jump Street with its kind of turning the cultural norms of the 90s on its head yes. and making the good guys the bad guys is actually doing something interesting and making social commentary about how the world has changed without just leaning on like old standards of masculinity and coolness. Yeah, for as dumb as that movie is, I think that the joke that the cool kids in the in the modern era are the ones who like want who want to be good at school and care about... Uh, people's feelings and and uh -huh. are, are very sensitive to diversity and that they are the they run the school basically mm -hmm. is an is a sort of an interesting uh it's sort of an interesting thing that they explored now did they do it with like with all of the subtlety <laughs> you know that we've come to expect from uh from jonah jonah hill and uh channing tatum yeah probably yeah um, sorry, I got us off topic with that. By the way, I don't want to see the Shaft movie. I don't want to see this latest no one. No worries. Okay, you weren't planning on taking. I was not to planning to go weekend. to the Shaft. Um, I was not planning on going to the Shaft. Um, what's up next? All right. Well, I love that Range Rover uh, Evoke commercial, and I think that I looked everywhere for that actress's name, and I couldn't find it. They didn't have it on iSpot. So, hmm. but she's so gorgeous. I expect well, she's at least has a promising modeling career ahead of her. Um, this is one that I don't like, and it is part of a series that I, that's been irritating me forever. It's for Canada Dry. Um, Canada Dry, for a while, Canada Dry was doing, the ginger ale, was doing a thing where like people would pull out a Canada Dry out of a cooler and it would like bring like a whole thing of corn out with it or whatever, I forget, or 
or ginger, not corn, ginger. Oh, right. That makes like, more sense. I was like, why is there corn in ginger ale? <laughs> ginger would come out. I mean, it wasn't a great ad, but it was sort of like, you know, it was visually kind of interesting and it connected, you know, the the product with the, the farm or whatever, the wholesome goodness of ginger or corn, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, corn ale. <laughs> Canada dry corn, corn ale. ale. <laughs> Just like your granddaddy drank. <laughs> Then they switched, I want to say, more than a year ago anyway, over to this hipster yogi, hipster guru character. Um, He's he's dressed in like, you know, sort of flowing hemp garb, whatever. He's got a man bun. He's white, importantly, but he has a some sort of accent that is like, Unplaceable, mm-hmm. you know. It's just it is unplaceable. I was wondering how you're going to finish that sentence. I was like, do you know what accent? This Nobody is? does, and I don't think it is an accent. I mean, I don't think it's really meant to be anything. There's, I think, some Scottish in there. Maybe also some like, you know, subcontinental intonations. It's it's a mess, and he's just he's a he's being a guru or a yogi and telling people to try the ginger ale and interacting with people who are more or less just like normal people going about their day. Have we talked about this before? Because I remember some of these ads end up with him in the living room of somebody that he's trying to calm down. And there was a punchline. I hope I'm not stepping on this one because I don't think that's how this one ends. But there were two. One where there's a woman in the living room talking to him and one where a man is talking to him. And they both say, "How?" well, one says, how did you get in here? And he says, I've been living in the attic. Yeah, it's and always some sort one, of punchline like that. Like one is like, how long have you been sitting there? Since Tuesday. And it doesn't even make sense. No, and it makes no sense. It's not a good joke. No, yeah. the, the writing is for shit. Uh, the the weird, we know he's supposed to sort of signal an Eastern thing, mm-hmm. but is not Eastern. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to be straight up, we're going to put somebody of Eastern descent in here right. because maybe that comes off as racist. So we'll make it a white person and then have the accent be unplaceable as an eastern accent yeah Yeah. and you can tell it's just a real it's a real mess and i actually found an i was like somebody else must hate this commercial and thank god for the internet because somebody does um this is an article from uh, a publication called lion's roar Mm. uh buddhist wisdom for our time um and it talks about this ad and it refers to it as a dharma burger um and a dharma burger which if you didn't know this term which i didn't is a cheesy mashup of buddhist terminology or iconography and consumer marketing um that is interesting yeah and so it's this idea like they describe it as um are you ready to taste nirvana a hipster yogi sitting cross-legged in a garden bed asks a man watering his lawn the man accepts a sip of soda and looks mildly pleased before asking the yogi how long have you been sitting here since Tuesday, the yogi confusingly, confusingly responds. <laughs> confusingly, the yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it, this, this, good for you, Lions Roar. Mm-hmm. I'm right with you on this. I think this is a Dharma burger, and I think it's gross. But nobody besides me is particularly outraged. Um, mostly it's just, you know, there aren't really any, there are very few references to it online other than the, the links to the ads themselves. That article you have there, though, from Lions Roar is really interesting, you know, I glanced at it before the show, and I didn't realize. I, I honestly, for some reason, thought, "What a weird article for an ad age article." I thought it was for <laughs> some like ad blog, not ad age, yeah, but right. I thought it was something like that. And then it gets into like it really gets into a philosophical conversation about like um, like the use of Im- like imbibing things in order to meditate or so. It got into some really heavy stuff, and I was like, wow, this <laughs> this writer is really taking this to an interesting place. Of course, well, if it's a blog right. or you know publication about meditation, that makes much more sense. So let's play this ad, and then I want to tell you a little bit about the actor uh, who is playing the hipster yogi. In this one, he at first we have a fairly tight close up on him. He's this is for a ginger ale that has a lemonade, ginger ale plus lemonade, I guess. Um, he's sitting in what looks to be a rock garden with a fountain behind him, and you can hear the rush of the water, and you're going to hear him talking uh, just straight to the camera. Try Canada Dry Ginger Ale and Lemonade. The perfect harmony of real ginger taste with a splash of real juice. Are you ready to taste Nirvana? Sir, you cannot be in the fountain. 
Now we see a um, security guard on a Segway, which I got to admit is just a nice little touch, I think. A mall security guard on a Segway. Yeah, you, you always, if you want to like crank up the comedy a notch, stick somebody on a Segway, right? Well, especially a mall security mall guard. Security. I think Paul Blart laid yeah, a lot thank of groundwork. Yeah, thank you, Paul Blart. <laughs> laid a lot of groundwork As I that. say once a day, thank you, Paul Blart. <laughs> Pie. <laughs> Fills the cracks of the heart. Um, I, uh, I think that's what he says. Um, so now we see that he wasn't actually out in nature, this yogi, but he was in a mall fountain with a bunch of uh, topiary and stuff around it. I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the wonderful sounds of nature. Try Canada. The guard just gives him a dirty look until he finally moves on. But now but there's, accent, a, there's a final little punchline. Oh, the guard button. now is off of his Segway and sitting in the fountain, fully dressed with the yogi, and they're both doing the, you know, ohm position. I didn't realize it. Let me listen. Now in diet. Can I ride that later? Nope. Not him. I'll let you think about it. Oh, he wants to ride the Segway. I even mentioned the Segway when I was reviewing this before. I was I was too quick to turn it off. Yes, well, with good reason. There, this guy's been in a bunch of ads. There are at least half a dozen of them just here that I'm I can see from the iSpot page. I really hate that accent that he does. It feels so fake and just just. I mean, of course, it's fake, but like it feels somehow like sneaky. Um, and I can tell you that that is not the accent of that actor um, whose name is... Uh, His name is Cullen Moss. Cullen you and I Moss. both ended up taking the same um, journey with this. I didn't realize that you had already done a bunch of legwork <laughs> on this, but I'd seen that you'd thrown the link to this commercial up there, and I was like, now there's no chance that this is this guy's real accent, because like you said, it's unplaceable. But I just He's from to, Albany. I just wanted to figure out... Uh, oh, really? That's I got a famous him, Albany accent. That uh, I got him as uh, being from Winston-Salem, North North Carolina in my research but that might be maybe he grew up in Albany and now is in North Carolina Oh, maybe he sounds like in most of the he has a real he's represented by CAA uh, a, I guess a pretty good talent agency um, and he has a pretty good real he's been in like um, he's been in a bunch of things including um, Eastbound and Down which is a show we've enjoyed with uh, Danny McBride right and so you found this clip can I play this thing? yeah so this is um, actually I don't you had isolated an earlier part of this and I'm taking it from later did you see this part uh, this is I might where, not have watched the whole thing so Danny McBride apparently and I kind of lost the thread of that show this made me want to go back to yeah. it though uh, Danny McBride you know ex-ball player who's just kind of like a uh, how do you describe his personality? The big swinging dick. Right. And also, yeah. And also just like, but burned, burned out ball a player. A burnout, but like very full of his, a believer in his own legend. Right. And it, whatever, wherever we are in the arc of his story at this point, he is, you know, kind of bottoming out, it would appear. He's working for, it seems like a rental car company. Yeah. And he's got this boss who's really annoying, who's played by our friend here Colin Moss um, and the boss is just driving him crazy with things and in this scene Danny McBride's character is uh, vacuuming out like a minivan a rental minivan and Colin the boss comes up to him to bug him about something Ian. yes Mark Ian. what you happen to know who mushed the donuts I brought in today I mean I broke a piece off I wasn't trying to eat the whole thing no I'm not talking about breaking a piece off. I'm talking about somebody who went in and methodically mushed the donuts. It's not like a donut got mushed accidental. It was definitely intentional mushing the donuts. Well, no, I didn't. I'm not gonna mush donuts. I don't give a shit about donuts. Well, he broke a piece off. Well, but that's just because I'm trying to watch my weight and I wasn't trying to eat the whole thing. Maybe some people in this job just don't want to come in here and be seeing little gifts. Just it don't mean nothing. It's peace offerings, man. Why, why does there have to even be a peace offering? Maybe if people just treated people right around here, people wouldn't be trying to have to get peace offerings. What are you trying to tell me, Ken? What are you trying to ask me? I'm asking if you know who mushed the donuts I brought in. And what I tell you? I said no. I said I broke a piece off. I'm trying to watch my figure. If you do hear anything, let me know. Yeah, good luck with your investigation, Inspector. <laughs> I know that was a little bit long, but I wanted Danny to David McBride is a end. treasure. Um, now, clearly, Cullen Moss, I mean, I don't know what he is. By the so, way, on his reel, his CAA reel, uh -huh. it opens with the donut mushing Oh, it does. Scene. So you did see this yeah. whole thing. Um, he's clearly putting on a thicker southern accent in this. I doubt that that's what he sounds like yeah. if you were to wake him up Yeah, there are plenty of things on his reel where he just sounds like sort of 
whatever, no discernible American accent other than mm-hmm. having an American accent. You can tell that he's definitely doing a um, uh, an accent there because he says accidental. He doesn't say accidentally in one thing. It's like it's like a, a real southern dialect. He says, I'm like, I'm wondering if you did it accidental. <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we got this white guy who so, doesn't Cullen, have an eastern accent. You seem like a talented guy. Yeah. I liked a lot of the shows that you that were on your reel and I recognized a lot of them. I think you got a lot of future ahead of you. I would just encourage you. I know I'm sure the Canada Dry Money is great. I'll bet you it's real good. Do you think that if you were asked to do this role, only I guess a female version of it, right? and you had the ability to do an accent like this, and they're and like, just imagine how much money he's making from this. Like, you know, money. We're I talking know. real money. You would turn it down? On I principle? don't know. It feels very culturally appropriative to me. It I does. Would, I would really lobby for a tweak to the concept, I think. The accent is straight bad so you would say i will take this but i have some notes i have some notes <laughs> and in this i play myself genevieve has a <laughs> and i've got some opinions <laughs> a successful podcaster who loves <laughs> corn ale um, so this is made from corn right? <laughs> all right do you want to move on to another one yeah so this one is is this a progressive one? I don't think I watched this. Oh, I love this one. I've seen it. It's it's kind of an ad nauseum oh, because it's I know on this is be. all the time. And God knows we talk about progressive. Like we could just throw in the towel and call this like weekly progressive podcast. Right. Yeah. But this is a delight and it is as we talk sometimes about the transition from Flo to Jamie. Is this is amazing. Jamie has come into his own. I have never seen a transition like this before. They're taking their time with it. They still have had like really good writing on these. Fl- yeah. This is still part of the Flowniverse. It's part of the Flowniverse. Like they bring him in a long time ago now, more than five years ago oh, at now, least, right? I think. They bring him in as like appearing in some commercials with Flow as like almost an apprentice kind of kid. Totally and different now, personality. Totally different personality. Not trying to be Flow Junior. Not mini Flow. And now she is, appears in so few, which is probably good for everybody. I imagine she's probably comfortable getting paid, you know, participating in some commercials. But, like, just this very slow handoff of the torch, that, and it never jumps the shark. It yeah. never lost what made it good in the first place. They're I am writing, so impressed. Their writing is insanely good. I, I love whoever's doing the writing for these progressive ads. This takes place in an adult ed, like a driver's ed class, uh, but not full of teenagers, full of adults. Uh-huh. Um, and so you're going to hear uh, the teacher at the front of the room, you know, your standard classroom with a old, slightly old fashioned yeah. looking with a, uh, what are those called? An overhead An projector. An overhead projector. The kids would not even know what that is anymore. Yeah. But, but the adults who buy car insurance sure do. Yeah. Okay. Um so the teacher's going to say something, and then you're going to hear Jamie from the back of the class, who's sort of slouched in his chair like like a real bad kid, pipe up. And that's your basic three-point turn? <laughs> if you say so. I'm sorry? What Pete sure isn't telling you is that Snapshot rewards safe drivers with discounts on car insurance. What? Maybe he didn't know. I'm done with this class. You're not even enrolled in this class. I know, I'm supposed to be in ceramics. Room Do you know? 308. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, everybody. So much of what he does is physical yeah. in his presentation of that. So if you haven't seen it, check it out on the Facebook page where we list, or we, where Genevieve lists all the ads that we talk about. Because it is just like, it's a little bit like Paul Rudd in that, in the Wet Hot American Summer. Kind of yeah, like it's a little cocky, stompy. Kind of stompy. And just like you say, like the ultimate cool guy slouch, like rebel. He does the, at one point you hear him go, he's like doing the kind of like, I just made your brain explode. I just blew your mind. Yeah. yeah. And yet, and then he instantly pivots to sort of a dorky ah, good guy. I'm supposed to be in ceramics. I'm supposed to be in ceramics. Just a great talent, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he is so fun. I love that actor. I'm so... Uh, pleased that he is like carrying that he is continuing the Flowniverse. Uh, did they call it School of Hard Lefts? Yes. I feel like that's a good joke, but I don't quite get it. Well, it's like the School of Hard Knocks, right? But, but it's about driving. Oh, right. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was about him throwing his teacher a curve and taking a left turn in the middle of the commercial. Let's just move on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as the words are coming out of my mouth, I want to put them back into my brain, but I can't. So. There's no save in that. All right. This next one, you remember how I said at the beginning, this was just sort of a like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through my TV commercial notebook, which I keep by the television. Um, and I did. In fact, I had written WTF uh, Walgreens Sun Damage. So mm. 
this is a commercial for for Walgreens, the drugstore, um, and it's just a bunch of ordinary looking people who get shown what they look like underneath some kind of special, I don't know if it's like an ultraviolet lamp or what kind of lamp shows you like the sun damage under your skin. Mm -hmm. But they go from just being like a a normal looking person to a black and white that it highlights like all the, whatever the damage to their skin is that doesn't show up in in normal light. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some voiceover, but you're just going to see a bunch of faces go from like normal to horrifying. So it's kind of like putting a black light on a hotel room bed. Yes. Only it's showing sun damage on your face. Instead of semen, right? Mm, No, there you go. We showed people the sun damage they couldn't see. Oh, that is terrifying looking. Sun damage can be permanent. Find the right protection for you. Some people have splotches all over their face. Some people look like it's like an outbreak of freckles. Other people are just noticing small, discreet, or I guess kind of discreet but larger black. Yeah. Like blemishes. Right. I mean, it's really kind of gross looking. Yeah, but is this does an, it make you? But it might be effective, right? That's the thing. Like, I was really kind of horrified by it visually, and I uh-huh. don't like it. I don't enjoy it on uh-huh. any sort of visceral sense. Um, but is it effective? I guess so. Although, does it kind of make you want to take better care of your skin? Yeah, I mean, it does make me think like, ooh, I need to be wearing sunscreen every day. Oh my god! Not to rush you. Okay. But I just noticed the last commercial that you have on your list. And I've been thinking about this one a lot, and I've literally started a tweet about it about fifteen times and deleted it each time because I feel like I maybe don't. we can maybe we can finally complete that tweet today. <laughs> well, I would love. To, I mean, I want to. Oh man, sorry. Were you done? Hashtag ambition. I know, but I think there's a. I have an observation about this next ad that I want to share with you that I thought was kind of funny, right, well, except I might be missing the we, point. We so. can uh, we can bail on Walgreens Sunday. <laughs> well, I just wasn't sure. Did it's, we have more to say? It seems like... I just, uh, I just felt like mildly upset by it, but also not sure if that was like a bad sign for the commercial or a good sign for the commercial. I think it is supposed to be mildly upsetting. Yeah. I am mildly upset as well, but I sort of think that it makes you... I, I actually think it's good. I think it gets in your head. Yeah. You know, and I think it makes people think more about their skin. Not completely unsimilar, but way tamer than the really nasty pictures that, like, um, they put on the sides of uh, cigarette boxes yeah. in, in Europe, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I guess similar, similar approach. And I, I think that's great to have cigarette boxes be really explicit about mm-hmm. the damage that they're doing. So, yeah, I guess that's a good PSA. Oh, and it's Tierra Wack doing the music. She is just popping up everywhere. Is that right? you, you know our buddy Kat Solon just directed her <gasps> video. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, it blew up. That's More exciting. than a million views in a very short amount of time. Cool. I'll show it to you later. Oh, we have to post that to the Facebook page, too. I'm blanking on the name of the song right now, but it's really awesome. Kat's been on the show before. Um, you guys know her. She's uh, an, an animator, 3D animator. Is that her official? Practical effects. Practical effects person. And um, this video... Video is amazing. Tierra is uh, singing while she's um, cutting and peeling uh, potatoes, but the potatoes are also alive. Oh yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Oh great! Well, yeah. we'll post it to the Facebook group. Um, speaking, speaking of, of which, ah, perfect transition. Perfect. Sorry if I was rushing on the Walgreens. I That's just okay. I was just getting ready to play this next one, and I saw it and I got excited. So this is a commercial for Facebook groups, and man alive, do I hate to carry water for Facebook. <laughs> But the premise of the show is in, is advertising and commercials that are interesting, and it doesn't matter what they're for, um, because we're just here to talk about the art. Um, and so this is about this is about Facebook groups, and the the story of this ad is that you have two dads, one of whom is a, a New York firefighter, the other of whom is a locksmith, also in New York. The f- I'm pretty sure the firefighter is in Jersey. Oh, is he? Yes, because that gets into my. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, the firefighter is a Yankees fan, Mm -hmm. and the locksmith is a Mets fan. So they're both New York teams. I don't know much about New York, but I think he's. I think it's like kind of a bridge and tunnel thing. A bridge and tunnel divide. I mean, the biggest divide is that one is a Yankees fan and one is a Mets fan. Right, but I'm pretty sure at one point you realize that it's NJPD, so he's coming in from. I guess it'd be across the river. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, but you know, 
greater metro New York. Right, right. Um, and what the, the substance of the ad is, you see each of these men kind of doing their work day, finishing up their work day, going to get their daughters from their various activities. One of them is doing like the, the Yankees fan daughter is doing her karate class. The uh, locksmith's daughter is like with him at work. Um, and they're each putting them in their little jerseys for the team that they root for and taking the subway and getting to the ballpark. Um, and they're playing that song, uh, You Don't Know What It's Like. Uh, is that by the Bee Gees, by the way? Apparently. That's what this to, says, which yeah, I, I never realized realize that. that. Yeah. I've always loved this song. This to me is just, uh, the song sort of breaks my heart just on its own. And so mostly what you're going to hear is the song. You can hear a little bit of bleed through sound from the activities of the dads and the daughters. When they finally get to the ballpark and they start rooting for their team, one of them, I think the locksmith, posts to his Facebook group of fellow like New York dads, or excuse me, greater metro New York dads. <laughs> um, hey, thanks for the idea of taking my kid to a ball game. It's her first one. You know, I appreciate the, appreciate the inspiration. And then the other dad, the Yankees fan dad, says from presumably across the stadium, um, hey, uh, that pretty pretty great move even for a Mets dad. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing here, right. but like basically, they had this community of dads, maybe single dads even. It's sort of like lightly implied. This community of dads uh, who are kind of talking about ways to to help pe- to raise their daughters. You see, at one point, the dad doing his daughter's hair, and just a lot of like ch- mm-hmm. like p- child raising happening here. And then they make this connection and go to this ball game thanks to Facebook groups. And man, it is very effective. This is beyond the point, clearly, but I am wondering if they're supposed to be in the same stadium or not. Because they oh, wouldn't... I assumed it was like a subway Yeah, they do that about series. once a year, maybe, because yeah. they're different divisions. So yeah, let's assume that they're there. So let's take a listen to this, and then I'll share with you my really amazing observation, which is like just so freaking dumb. I'm out of here. See, Newark Oh police. yeah, Newark, you're right. Or fire department, rather. So both the little girls in this are Mm -hmm. insanely cute. And did you mention, I think this is kind of interesting too, we were always bringing up the race of everybody on the show, did you mention (laughs) that it would appear that the Mets fan uh, is at least bilingual, seems to be Latino? He seems, yeah, I think the the locksmith appears to be Latino, Um, and the little girl of the fire, although the firefighter appears to be white. His daughter, I think, is biracial. And the only reason I bring up the the race in this case is because we're really, and this is kind of building to my point later, is we're really building up these kind of two stereotypes. Like they're both like, they're both, it's, it's both kind of an urban setting, but you have this Jersey, New York Yankees fan who's like kind of a little bit outside the city. You get the impression that the locksmith is living like in the city, running a little locksmith shop. He knows people by their names. Um, again, I think you heard him like kind of giving change to a customer there, maybe in Spanish. And I think you are kind of getting a bit of a highlight of the two. Even though they're both similar, we're seeing kind of... They're both working class men. Yeah, but from like different sides of a coin, I think a little bit. Okay, so now the Mets fan is riding a train into the game, and the firefighter is driving in from Jersey right. in a SUV. And now we start to see the the kind of pop up of these people. So the Facebook group that they're in is called Dads with Daughters, mm-hmm. uh, and one of them, the locksmith, uh, sends a sends a message saying uh, Hector great, Ramos. Hector Ramos uh, sends a message to the group saying. Uh, great baseball game. Thanks for the idea. Who says baseball game? And then we, we see the response from the firefighter that says, you know, thanks for sharing cute, even for a, for a Mets fan. And then what does it say? Something about bringing people together at the yeah, end. Yeah, blah, the, blah. Bring people together. Let's find more that brings people together. My... J- tweet which (laughs) 
<laughs> let's, let's give the people what they want here. Right. No, no, no I, I did struggle with this because I clearly have been giving this commercial a lot of thought a little bit more as, a, I guess, kind of a, a baseball fan and like a, an, a very anti-Yankees person and sure. a pretty pro-Mets person. And so, like, I've watched this commercial a million times during Mariners games. I have this whole narrative of how much I hate the firefighter and how much I love Hector. And just, like, Hector represents, like, what I like. And, and again, this doesn't make any sense. The firefighter is braiding his daughter's hair. I know. But and anyway, my whole He's thing. He's picking her up from karate. What I was going to put out there into the world was all this commercial says to me is Yankees fans drive big-ass SUVs and Mets fans take public transportation. I really want you to encourage I really want to encourage you to not tweet to that. To not tweet that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but of course, the reason I picked up on the fact that he's coming in from Jersey makes the driving in your SUV make a lot more sense, yeah. which is why I pulled off on tweeting that. By You're the a way. bridge and tunnel bigot. I well there is just something about and again I, I don't know if we are lucky enough to have listeners who are, you know, firefighters in Jersey who are Yankees fans. That's pretty cool. Uh, certainly cooler than living in the Roosevelt neighborhood <laughs> and being a Mariners fan, I gotta admit. But yeah, like there I am a I have a huge bias against the like kind of the Yankees guy. And so that colors this a lot for me. But it doesn't mean that I'm I'm not dismissing everything you said. I think it's a great commercial. And I also think that there's something about that for sports fans. You will kind of associate with one of these people. I know that's true. And I know that people who really pay attention to a sport more, more so even than just rooting for a team, but like people who follow baseball or whatever, people will start to associate particular characteristics or personality types with certain kinds of fandom. Mm -hmm. But I think in this case, it's really overreaching to assign too much. I mean... Oh, mine mine was just a joke about the SUV. I mean, not a good joke. Yeah. But... But But it seems just mean. Where it comes from, though, is, yeah, I don't like the Yankees fan. But um, how do you feel about the daddy-daughter issue here? Because you and I... I was just talking to... Another friend, uh, Eula, who does battle tactics for your sexist workplace. Um, I don't think she's been on the show before, but I've worked with her on TBTL and stuff. And I saw her the other day and we were talking about commercials. I think this podcast came up and we got in the daddy daughter thing about how we saw one or two like commercials that kind of like, you know, celebrate that relationship. And we liked them. And then when we put them all together about a year ago for Mm -hmm. a show and we just saw one after another after another, it just seemed really kind of, it started to feel very exploitative. Yeah. And I think tropey too. I mean, they, Mm -hmm. so many of these daddy daughter commercials, and we've talked about this before, follow the exact same beats, Mm -hmm. like plot beats. This one, I think does a nice job of breaking out of that pattern a little bit. It's, it's less about like, Helping her through the hard times because yeah. her mom's not there, or like raising her up through you know all the different stages of life and mm-hmm. prom and wedding yeah. and blah blah blah. It's just like it's a nice day with these two dads and the kids. The daughters are doing things that are fairly gender neutral. Mm-hmm. One of them's doing karate. The other one's not really even. We don't really see her doing activities. She's just excited to be going to getting on the subway with their dad. Like, this one to me feels much more just about parenting. Mm -hmm. Now, the Facebook group that they belong to is Dads with Daughters. But, like, let's not get overly precious here. They're Dads with Daughters. Yeah, right. Uh, I thought this was an original, had an original take and was just really moving. And I think the soundtrack to it was just bomb. Yeah. Also, I didn't know it was the Bee Gees. Is this the Bee Gees? Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind Now I have a bunch of ad council stuff I want to play for you, Veeves, but this first one comes from, well, Facebook, and that's your domain. That's my domain. So what do we got here? This is for a product called GoodRx, um, and I'm I'm grateful to Clyde, who posted it to the Facebook page uh and had a he said a really viscerally negative reaction to it. So I'll be interested to see what you think about it because uh, I can see why it's divisive in some ways or upsetting in some ways, but I think it's worth a discussion. So why don't you play the ad and uh, I'll just set it up for you. Um, you have a woman walking into a pharmacy. She's got two sort of school-age kids. You're hearing her internal monologue as she thinks about whether or not she'll be able to afford the prescription that her son needs. She's wearing, I think, like... Uh, it looks like a waitress 
like uniform and a kind of signaling like lower income. And she seems a little bit older than her years. Yeah, she or... almost she does look a little bit older than you might normally cast uh, the mother of two children this age. Um, and she's very sort of like she looks down at down at the heels, you know. And she, then she's having this conversation with the um, with the pharmacist about how much the drug, the prescription that she needs, is going to cost. My son needs this drug. I hope it doesn't cost too much. I hope my insurance pays for it. Can you tell me how much this will be? 67. Sorry. So she starts to leave. Wait, have you heard about GoodRx? GoodRx finds free coupons to help you save up to 80% on your prescriptions. Wow. And it went down from $67 to less than $9. That's right. And and boy, it's a quick edit. It almost looks like the pharmacist takes out her own phone and gives it to her across the counter. But they kind of fudge that a little bit. One of the things I think is bad about this commercial is just the production values of it. And I'm sure, you know, that's just what they had the money for. The the acting and the voiceover and the cuts are just like not Mm -hmm. super great. Just, Just purely as like filmmaking, which isn't to say, I mean, you know, I think no one would begrudge someone... Um, a discount on their on their drug prescription. Clyde's reaction was this. Um, I have a really viscerally negative reaction to this ad. It has to do with the need for a product like this and what it says about our society as a caring, intelligent species. Am I wrong here? I can't peg exactly what it is. And uh, I I think I I sympathize with you, Clyde. Like I I also had the same reaction, but I I can't really blame the ad for it. I mean, the ad is a is some you know some product or service that is trying to create goodness in the world, right? Like trying to give people a break on drug prices. Um, but I also have the same visceral sense of like, oh, this is so outrageous that we even need this. Mm-hmm. It's completely unre- unreasonable. Uh, listener Danielle replied in the Facebook group and said, I have the same reaction. Why should anyone who is already under the stress of illness have to search for coupons? Uh, she said, that's a long rant, so I'll focus just on the commercial. Why does the pharmacist wait until she's walking away to offer a solution? I would have liked it more if the pharmacist had said, pharmacist had said something along the lines of, I bet we could do better. Have you heard of GoodRx? It would have felt completely different and probably not triggered an angry response. So I want to say, Danielle, that is some good doctor doctoring. <laughs> doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. You know, this does not live on the internet anymore. Doctor, we only have. We it are the only home it. of Doctor Doctor. What wow. I do? What um, I, do? I have to agree. I think part of the reason this commercial clanged so much for Clyde and and for all of us uh, who didn't particularly like it is that it is poorly timed and written, mm-hmm. and like a better written commercial could have made this felt feel more like warm and supportive. But it just the lighting in it is so grim. It's such a grim story that I think it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, and they could have even leaned into it more. Like, even explicitly say, this isn't the way it mm-hmm. should be, but we are here to help. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think there are ways to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I assume that they're a for-profit organization. I don't know Maybe what good not. RX is. They might not be. So, you know, then you get into, well, if they're like a really rich company or just owned by a really rich company, and then they're trying to like play both sides actually profit off the current yeah. system but make it sound like they're the heroes the humble heroes i guess that would irritate me too but just talking from an ad doctor perspective right yeah, yeah. so i appreciated that danielle and uh, and also clyde thank you for bringing that to our attention um i have one here this is just an email from justin this is just an email <laughs> uh from patrick uh he says listener michael recently wrote in about an oakley commercial in which cyclist mark cavendish threw his bike wildly for some reason and uh, i'll just interject here michael took a lot of issue with that right right it's a cyclist a serious cyclist would never do that but then we learned that mike mark cavendish is the bad boy of cycling so yes. maybe he would do maybe it. he would do this well patrick says call me crazy but I've thrown my bike. I'm not a serious cyclist, but I do love it. Several years ago on a family trip to the Oregon coast, we were riding from Seaside to Fort Stevens. I love the specificity. And I was fifth in a line of seven bikers when I hit a construction staple, which is like a bigger, sharper version of a regular staple. And I received my third flat tire of the week. 
How did everyone in front of me see and avoid this thing? Why was I getting so many flat tires? Why does God hate me? The frustration boiled over, and there, by the side of Highway 101, I hurled my bike into the bushes away from the road, much like Thor throwing Milmir? That's his pronouncing pronouncer. I wrote that in there. Oh. <laughs> Thor throwing Milnir, which is, I guess, the name of Thor's hammer. I'm gonna say yes, or the other thing that he has. And he says he, and he says I screamed until my throat hurt. After a minute or two of my wife telling me to calm down and quit making a scene, I went to collect <laughs> my bike and I found that I had thrown it right into a substantial growth of blackberries. So after some cuts and scrapes, I repaired the flat and continued on. Was it the action of a crazy person, as Michael suggests? Absolutely. At the time, I would have snapped my fingers to eliminate half the bicycles <laughs> in the world. A lot of, a lot of that, Avengers in this pretty, story. Somebody saw a movie. <laughs> um, I really like that. Thank you for the story, Patrick. Yes. Um, also got a note from Nate in Tacoma. He says, I recently found out that one of my aunts played a role in this 1981 commercial for Laker Airways. Have you ever heard of Laker Airways? Never. There used to be so many more airlines, Genevieve. We oh, yeah. are just not hip to them. Um, uh, anyways, my aunt is in this commercial. She's the one, uh, uh, she's the flight attendant who's flanking Mr. Laker's left in the final shot of this commercial. I'm going to play this for you. This is for Laker Airways. It's a song and dance number. Uh, it's all the flight crew dancing around on one of those really wide double aisle planes. Very virgin of them. Welcome to Laker. Consider yourself at home. Consider yourself one of the family. Consider yourself our mate. We don't mean to make I'm Freddie Laker, and flying with me is fun, and the fun begins with my low prices. So pausing it, um, of course, I'm pausing if the listeners can't see it. So Mr. Laker's left would be our right. Right. So that must be um, Nate's Nate's aunt right there. Oh, cool. Was she really a flight attendant? 1981. That I don't know. Uh, But Nate said uh, my aunt's anecdote, I would call it an aunt... Anecdote uh, led me to remark that I t- that was my joke by the way not Nate I see the look that Genevieve is making right now and she's the one who loves puns supposedly um, so if you're reacting badly to that I don't want Nate to uh, yeah don't don't make Nate suffer for that <laughs> to suffer for my sins um, my aunt's anecdote led me to remark that I too have played a role in exactly one commercial over the course of my life. It's this gem of a spot for the 2010 Puyallup Spring Fair. Puyallup, of course, is an area here in the um, Seattle area. They also have the the Puyallup State Fair, which is now the Washington State Fair. Uh, it was filmed at Gasworks Park in Seattle. Oh, our that old used time. to be a mere two blocks, three blocks from our house. Uh, I was handed one greasy $50 bill by the producer after two hours of filming. One of the best mornings of my life. Let's take a listen to this. This is a furry's dream, this commercial. I believe it's a bunch of um, people dressed up as animals dancing around. When the warm breeze starts blowing and the bees start to buzz, when the demo derby cars crash and the gardens show love, when the pigs start running and the hummingbird sings, even Santa knows. It's spring fair in Puyallup, come celebrate spring. Visit thefair.com for deals, print your tickets at home, and come celebrate spring. So for some reason they throw Santa Claus in there, which I think is a bit of a left turn. So hard left turn. Is he one of the animals? I assume. As a matter of fact, let me. There's double, it only appears to be adults in animal costumes. Let me um, double check my email because I asked him today. I said thanks for the. Uh, he also had some really nice things to say about the show, by the way. So I, um, so I, uh, I responded, but I forgot to ask him which character he's playing in my first email. So I wrote back. Sorry, I'm stalling while I'm trying to sign into our account here. See if he got back to me. I wanted to know. 
Nope, he hasn't gotten back to me yet. So he didn't say who he is in that commercial. They're all wearing animal suits. Yeah, you got to tell us which animal you are. Anyway, um, this conversation with my aunt got me thinking, have any other ad counselors played a role in a commercial? If so, could they share their moment of commercial glory with the rest of the ATM audience? That is from Nate in Tacoma. I That's second a great that idea. Request. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm sorry. I, maybe he'll get back to us by uh, next Tuesday and I can share his answer with everybody then. Meantime, I would love to do this, but do you have any idea what time is it right now? Oh, it's jingle time. Head council, it's jingle time. Let it ring out fully. I love how long the ring out on that is. <laughs> is that I the just, term for that? I, uh, that's what I'm calling it. Uh, okay, here is a voicemail from listener Allison. Hi, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. This is Allison, uh, formerly from Madison, Wisconsin, now from Woodbury, Minnesota. And I'm calling with a jingle. Um, I think this is one is from maybe like the early 90s, if I'm remembering correctly. And I can't remember if there was more to it, but this is the part that I do remember. The touch, the feel of cotton. The fabric of our lives. Anyway, um, hopefully you remember that one. It popped into my head today, so I wanted to share it with you. And uh, I hope you're having a great day. I will talk to you later. Bye. I do remember that I've always actually loved that cotton jingle. And you know who sang the original? You're you're right, by the way, Allison. It comes from the early 90s. I tracked it down to 92 or 93. I do know because I'm looking at the show sheet, but I didn't know until just now. It is none other than Aaron Neville. With trusting eyes. Like, of course it is, now that you hear it. Yeah. Like, who else could it be? I gotta say, so man, serious. very serious, very overwrought, but not a bad concept. No, so effective. Showing people at various stages of their lives, a lot of young people, and just kind of reminding you what's the. I mean, it seems like such a Don Drapery pitch. Yes. Right? What has always been there? Cotton. What, the good times, yes. the bad times. I heard a horrifying story the other day um, about, or somebody was commenting on some Reddit thing I was reading. Um, that was related to house fires. And the person mm. said, I actually was in a house fire and like my bedroom caught fire and I caught fire and I, I almost died. The only reason I survived was that I was wearing some cotton clothing and cotton clothing was the only part that didn't, the only thing that didn't melt itself to my Jeez, skin. It, it was really, a natural fiber. Because it's a natural fiber. Wow. Yeah, it's really made me want to get like all polyester out of my sleepwear. Yes. Wow. Wow, that's really scary. Yeah. Um, I have another voicemail from you here. This is very enjoyable. This is from listener is this a Simon. Treat? Yes, this is from listener Simon, who came in second place in our slogan contest. Of course, our slogan, our new one, we said at the top of the show is um, what is it again? How do I blink? How do I blink? Hot That's takes on commercial hot takes breaks. On commercial breaks. Um, the second place was so ad it's good. Right. That came from Simon. Uh, so Simon has left us this voicemail, and he's also addressing Chris, the winner of the competition. Oh boy! Directly. Hey, Andrew and Genevieve, and Chris. Uh, this is listener Simon in Manhattan. Uh, I just wanted to say. Um, it was a well-fought tagline competition. Um, I completely respect the winner. Uh, hot takes on commercial breaks is where it's at. Um, but, yeah, Chris, can you do this? This is my tagline. Um, or what is it that we're doing? Um, jingles? Yeah, that <laughs> one. The touch, the feel of cotton. What? The fabric of our lives. Two cottons. Okay, I'm going to pause it right there for a second. That was just coincidence? Totally coincidental. How funny. The first time in this show's long storied history that we've had two people yes. call in in the same week and leave the same jingle. Wow. I feel like it's special. I feel like it's magic. It is special. And that was very nice, Simon. Yeah, now let's let him continue. Also, have you watched those old 
cotton commercials. They're really creepy. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, well fought, well won. Congratulations, Chris. Balls in your court. Um, yeah, Gauntlet um, thrown so down. Yeah, I will keep doing this until, I, I guess, like, is it that we have parody in amounts of romance novels? I don't really understand what the end goal is, but I really want it. Um, anyway, love you. Love the show. Love all of you. Um, bye. The Milnir has been thrown down, I would say. Yes. And that's Thor's hammer. I, it's something, still, something still like that. Still going with that. Uh, I love that. I'm still blown away of the coincidence yeah, of that's that, crazy. too. Um, and do you have time for one more? Let's do it. All right. Here's one more jingle for you. Hi. This is Emily from Minnesota, and I'm calling in with a jingle for National American University. This is a chain of for-profit colleges. I don't know if they use this jingle everywhere, but they definitely use it in Minnesota in like the late 90s, early aughts. And the school is mostly known around here for having, at one point, had a campus at the Mall of America. So here goes the jingle. One day, one night, Saturday's all right online. Just by nighttime, anytime, get your degree. Set yourself free. National American University. Now, I've been looking around. This jingle has survived a long time. Really? It goes back a ways. Because I don't also- think I've heard that. Nor have I. It I must think be it, maybe we're regional. I think it might be a regional thing. Um, but this is one I found from, it looks like, early 2000s. Maybe, uh, let's see here. Yeah, it doesn't say specifically, but early 2000s. National American University presents one. Be a full-time student one day a week, only one day or one night, even Saturday. One day, one night, Saturday is all right. Online's just fine. Nighttime, anytime, get your it's actually a great jingle, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is a good jingle. Because it really hammers home the point of what they're trying to sell Even you. Saturday, yeah. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, they clearly have, those look to be, as, as you're hearing that, it's being lip synced by a bunch of different people who are in classes who are who appear to be you know not actors but mm-hmm. just people who are in their classroom real people real people not actors not actors exactly i love that great jingle yeah guys. thank you that wasn't one i had heard so it was uh, very fun and i agree a good jingle you can sell anything you can sell anything it has been a while since we've had so many great jingles, so keep them coming. We're on a hot streak again. 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597 to call our voicemail line. You can visit us uh, on Facebook. Uh, as we learned today, Facebook groups are where it's at. Mm-hmm. Uh, after These Messages show is the Facebook group. And you can email us at After These Messages show at Gmail. All right. And don't forget, so it's uh, I'm going to try it one more time live after these messages. If you happen to be at Ace Comic Con Saturday the 29th at 5 p.m. Did I do it right that time? That's right. All right. Look at me. All right, everybody. Before that, we will talk to you next Tuesday. Have a great week. Cool AD, nothing new to the kid. What can you do to the kid? Totally stupid and sick. No scruples. Cool man. Ice cream. Scooping it. You can't say.